Let's uh, get out to the Sprint special guest line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. It's going to be on the broadcast on FS1 this weekend. Also does a radio show on 570 LA Sports. He is Petros Papadakis with us on the big show. Petros, thank you very much for a few minutes. How are you? What's popping, guys? Thanks for having me. How's it going out there? How's the weather? Oh, man, the Beautiful weather is right now. absolutely gorgeous. Fall in Utah is a good time to be in Utah. Although it might be raining Saturday night, or I don't know. I saw a lightning bolt on my phone. <laughs> so that's not a good sign. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants that. <laughs> uh, well, tell us, Petros, both these teams coming in this game, coming off uh, kind of disappointing losses. Utah right there in Los Angeles to, to USC, even though they were favored in that game, and probably the wildest game of football I've ever seen between U- UCLA and Washington State. Both these teams kind of have something to prove. Yeah, they they really kind of both had a, a very bad weekend, uh, one on the road and, and, and one at home. And both teams were really a couple of Obi-Wan Kenobis for the Pac-12, our only hope. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, every year we have the same conversation, it feels like, or at least recently. It's if Huntley and... Zach Moss can stay healthy, then Utah's got a great chance to run the table and win the win the South and win the whole thing as, and maybe make the playoff, you know, those kind of pipe dreams. And, and what happens right away? I mean, both guys get banged up. Huntley stays in the game. Moss is out early. Uh, Utah played poorly, I think, and had a really rough game officiating-wise. Both teams did, actually. The officials just kind of ruined that game. But the truth is they lost. You know, they didn't find a way to win a tough conference game on the road. And I'm not going to lie, it does kind of feel like the Utes have a block in the Coliseum. They've they've never won there, uh, even though they've had much better, more well-formed teams identity-wise in, in recent history. And I think the last time they won in L.A. against USC was like Fiesta Park in 1916 (laughs) when USC was called the Methodists and the Utah Utes were the Crimsonites. So that one was a really rough watch, uh, to be honest. And Utah plays very aggressively, defensively. That's always been their thing. But they kind of let themselves open to losing a jump ball and and giving up big plays, which, which obviously they did to Michael Pittman. So the the combination of the Utes losing four straight to Washington State and then the way they struggled in the back end in the game against USC with Graham Harrell's offense, man, that, that uh, I mean, are the Utes going to be able to just kind of flip a switch and be ready for this passing attack that leads the nation? Well, I think they, they definitely have something to prove. Remember, as you said, Graham Harrell, Mike Leach, they, they, they run a similar deal. Now, does Washington State have the same players on the perimeter, player for player, that SC does? No, but they're a much more sophisticated passing attack as far as distributing the ball to all five skill guys on the field. And that's really how Mike Leach sees the air raid. I don't, I don't think any, anybody else sees it the way he sees it. And I know that was a wacky game on on Saturday night, but if I told you guys in August, hey, uh, 
Washington State's going to blow a 32-point lead at home. You'd be like, of course they are. Or I'd say Washington State's going to come back from 32 down at home. You'd be like, yes, of course they are. I mean, it, it wasn't shocking uh, unless you just watched it. You know, if you look, if you looked at the the box score and said, well, okay, this guy had nine touchdown throws, but they turned it over six times and gave up 14 points in in return in the return game. You'd say, well, okay, I can kind of see how that happened. But just to watch it unravel had to be torture, especially for like those Gardner Minshew types out there. But look, I like Washington State's running back a lot better than anybody USC's got. Uh, Max Borgie is a magician catching the ball on the edge. And it's interesting to me why Utah does get so aggressive with these air raid teams, and and they leave themselves susceptible because you're basically one-on-one across the field in that way, as opposed to playing, I mean, BYU, I think we all agree, is a less talented football team than Utah and USC. Uh, this year, definitely USC, but they were able to beat USC just by dropping eight and, and getting a pass rush with three different guys. And so it's interesting why Utah doesn't employ that more against uh, air raid teams. But again, their identity is their identity. They're good at who they are. Uh, they're, I think, the team I respect and like most, the program I like and respect most in the conference, I think, is Utah and what Kyle does. So there's definitely a method to why they do things the way they do things. But it'll be interesting to see, I guess, if they mix it up in this game and just play a little softer coverage on the edges. Petros, what's your take on Mike Leach? Why is he so? Why is he able to be so good at you know Lubbock and Pullman aren't exactly the the destinations to recruit to? What makes him great? Well, I, I think I, you know I just don't know if he could do it at a place like Tennessee. I mean Utah's a whole different animal, but you know one of these big programs that that have flirted with him or he's flirted with over the years. I mean he'll show up forty minutes late in a sweatsuit. To, and everybody else is in a tuxedo, you know, <laughs> and that's okay in Lubbock, right? That's cool in Pullman, <laughs> but uh, uh, in some of those places, maybe not as acceptable. He's definitely an eccentric personality, and he recruits a certain type of kid and talks to the kids a certain type of way and communicates and is more of kind of a teacher and sometimes a pretty tough love type of teacher, but... I think what makes him great is what makes college football great, is that there's room for all different kinds of minds and all different kinds of innovators. Now, I don't know, because I know people get frustrated, especially Wazoo fans from time to time, even though he wins nine, ten games a year nowadays and puts quarterbacks in the NFL. I still don't know if all the good stuff with Leach could exist without some of the negative stuff, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Uh, uh, maybe that's a necessary balance, like just not having as much of a concept of time as a lot of college football. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen Washington State run clock in, in the history of, of doing their games <laughs> when Mike Leach was their coach. And it's cost them in the past, but their mentality has obviously served them well and made them a successful program. I think what makes him successful is just the formula who he is you know his personality and the formula uh, of coaching and recruiting and distributing the football that comes with it uh, it's pretty interesting he's got a pretty easy way of simplifying the game and explaining it to young people and i think that's what works best 
now that I've talked my way through it. Yeah. <laughs> Petros, uh, obviously the Utes offensively going to have to score some points to win this game. Zach, if Zach Moss is out, uh, which it looks like he is, that's going to be He is? He's out? You guys know? No one we will do. tell me anything. I'm flying in there tomorrow morning with a bunch of questions. I might as well have like a fedora and a press ticket in my head. Is he out, Jake? We don't know for sure. Of course, we're getting the same treatment you are, but I, I would be surprised if they're prepare, if they're not preparing for him not okay. to be there. So I'm not reporting it, but it seems like uh, we're leaning that way with it. If that's looks the like case, that to me, and then Huntley yeah. is is banged up, right? Yep, yeah, he's got a foot. Mm-hmm. And so how much pressure does that put on Tyler Huntley and that Ute offense? How many points are they going to have to score in order to beat the, the Cougars? Well, I mean, they're going to have to play like they always play, which is special teams, defense, helping out the offense. That's that's Utah's style. So, you know, they need to get Washington State in that type of game and, and make it – uh, a lower-scoring football game, obviously. Uh, I like Brumfield. I don't think uh, the running game was the problem for Utah and the Coliseum. I thought the lack of calling running plays, especially in the red zone, and not sticking with it after, you, hey, you lose one yard once in a while, you got to keep running the ball. Uh, I thought that was really more of a problem. I, I like the way Brumfield played. I thought he came in violently, and he wanted to he wanted to punish people. And I thought they should have recognized that a little bit more and got him the ball a little bit more. Uh, I think this offense works with or without Moss. I think it probably works with or without Huntley. Uh, just as long as they they don't make as many mistakes, they have developing players on the perimeter. I think. Is it Thompson out on the edge, uh, the big receiver? I don't have my board. Of course, Britton Covey, yeah. uh, we all love him. The little guy, number 25. You know, they have players to distribute the ball to. Uh, it's just a matter of getting in rhythm uh, and and dedicating themselves to one thing. You know, after watching a few games, it's hard. To, I don't really know what Utah's offensive identity is uh, after that SC game. You know, uh I thought that little pop pass to the tight end, even though it worked on one occasion for a touchdown, I thought that that was indicative of the tone that they set, especially in the red zone, when they're clearly a much more physical and violent team than the Trojans were. And I I don't think they took advantage of that enough. And I would expect them to try to take advantage, recognize that, and try to take more advantage of it offensively than than they did last week. So I think they're going to try to take the air out of the ball attack the perimeter with Covey, you know, inside screens, all the stuff they do, but they're going to try to get first downs and uh, and keep Washington State's prolific offense on the, on the sideline. Petros, forgive me for going away for this from this game for just one second, but this is a I don't I don't you have to you can ask me anything. Uh, well, this is a total personal curiosity question because it's such a, a soap opera in that USC athletic department. But Lynn Swan oh. resigns out of nowhere. Where where is all this coming from? Is it is it Lori Laughlin Gate? Is his horrendous football <laughs> hires? What what what's the deal? Uh, Lynn Swan got fired, but uh, he should have never been hired. I mean, would anybody really care if uh, if USC was a fundraising utopia? And they hired ex-football stars who have different uh, golf memberships at Augusta to be the athletic director. And they fly around on a private jet and they won 11 games a year. And they didn't have controversies and lawsuits at the university ranging from 
two FBI investigations, uh, pervert, crackhead, dean of the medical school, and uh, a monstrous gynecologist who was able to, to, to sexually assault uh, students for decades. And they tried to cover those stories up. I mean, if none of that stuff was happening and USC was just the gluttonous money pit that it always had been, no one would care. But the truth is, the last 10 years have been some of the most embarrassing in the history of, of a lot of universities. Uh, USC is one of them. Michigan State's one of them. You know, uh, a lot of stuff is being revealed in, in this information age, I guess, that we live in. That makes it pretty hard to stomach the place, to be honest. So uh, they really do need a blood transfusion uh, in many ways. And they, they've got one with the AD. They've got one, in a way, with the university president who is replacing a lot of people with people who have experience uh, in, in universities from other places and aren't really tainted with the Trojan family, quote-unquote, label uh, that my whole family's tainted with, and, you know, every, a lot of people are. Uh, it, it really has felt like kind of a, a, a burden or sort of a, a scarlet letter recently, at least for me, uh, than anything over the last few years. That's how bad uh, USC has been. So I hope it's a step in the right direction, but there's still a lot of cockroaches in the walls, if you guys know what I'm saying. Last thing from me, Petros, uh, do you believe that Chip Kelly is going to turn it at UCLA? Uh, is that win they had last week going to be a spark, or do you think this is going to be an ongoing struggle? Well, it was definitely a spark, you know, because it, it, it was a dark night you know, before that, <laughs> that light yeah. came on. I mean, uh-huh. and, you know, i I got to be honest. I, I remember I, I was the same way last year. I expected them to be much better. They came out, and they could not line up. I mean, they could not line up last year in the first three, four games. And uh, and, and then this year, uh, after they ran over USC, you, I expected them to have some momentum, and they could not line up. You know, the, the quarterback's thigh pad caused like five turnovers in the first week. Uh, it was unbelievable. And then suddenly they find this weird confidence out of nowhere. I mean, you, I know it was a crazy game, but you, they're young guys, and you have to keep belief and keep playing in a situation like that up in Pullman in a tough environment. I think it was definitely a spark. So, I mean, after that, I would expect them to at least be competitive. I mean, they haven't really been competing, especially uh, offensively. So I think you'll have a fun game. They look like their quarterback, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, got some swagger uh, to him. After that game, you know, he's played in really, really unconfident, choppy manner. And, hey, the truth is, look, and I'm not making excuses for Chip Kelly because I thought they'd be a lot better. I do think everybody over there sees this as a very long-term play because they know how bare the cupboard Jim Mora left was, and it was uh, very bare. Uh, and then Chip ran off the other half of the team. So I mean, and, and internally, everybody knows that. So uh, he's turned over a lot of different players, and I do think it is a long-term play. Are they a better than three-win team this year? I, I think so. I think they'll get more than that, but I, I don't think they'll get to six. And finally, Petros, when we say the name Craig Bowler, Jack, what's the first thought that comes into your mind? Oh, what a what a stud! One of my favorite. You know why I like him so much? Because he didn't talk that much as a play-by-play guy. 
the rest of us just talked and he was cool man he just was stoic and wonderful and he took the moment over with his big voice and everybody sat down like they were in church you know he just <laughs> he let us run around him you know he let us run around him like little mice and when he needed to you know he just stood up and called the play he was he's a great man a great guy to travel with one of one of my favorite guys i wish i would have been able to work with him longer than i did but i know he's a he's a local icon in in salt lake and in the nba of course so uh i just was great to have worked with him well we love working with him too and you're right bowler is definitely an icon around here and petros we we really appreciate a few moments of your time and we'll catch you on the broadcast this weekend man thanks you guys got to ask bowler about his salty outside linebacker days at kansas state pre bill snyder era yeah yeah believe me i've heard all those stories <laughs> petros. i've heard them all everyone and i've I, I got all the details on the seven knee surgeries and the the shoulder surgery and 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 the the smell of the turf and the sweat of the in the oh, pads i just know. i felt like whenever i traveled with bowler wherever i was in the world could be west virginia could be say uh, uh missouri we went all over uh cal berkeley i always felt like i was on a cattle drive <laughs> <laughs> one one little tidbit for you, Petros. Did you know his his initial uh, major at, at K State was studying dirt? <laughs> he was he, he was majoring in dirt at Kansas State, and then decided to become a broadcaster. So that's how that happened. Yeah, you know, I could, I could see the you know uh, we uh, very similar uh, trajectories. <laughs> <laughs> very similar. <laughs> both the bottom of the both the bottom of the uh, the, uh, the the rung of the ladder, aren't they? <laughs> Dirt and broadcasting. Oh, Thanks, Petros. We'll see you on Saturday. Thank you, guys. There you go, the great Petros Papadakis. He's going to be on FS1 doing the Utah-Washington State game this weekend. I was over at Arizona State. Uh, I believe it was Arizona State. Uh, might have been Arizona, but it was Arizona State, and Petros was there. And we sat down, and we were talking, and he was telling stories, and I was laughing. He's just, he's just a fun, fun guy. We'll have more coming up next on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.